Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Coming up today, myself and Simon speak to Lee, the Spurs fan, who voiced his frustrations on Daniel Levy following last night's FA Cup exit. We also look at Arsenal's run-in and whether or not we think they will win the Premier League this season. And the Times' Martin Ziegler joins the show to talk about why Newcastle's takeover is once again under scrutiny. Earlier on this morning, uh, when I was defending you manfully on breakfast, uh, oh. various, various, various Tottenham fans were having a pop at you about you allegedly cozying up all the time to Daniel Levy. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Daniel Levy is a man that, uh, who they laid the blame last night at, whose feet they laid the blame for going out to Sheffield United in the FA Cup. We heard from uh, a caller, I think Lee was his name. He was a Tottenham fan. This is what he said, Simon, on breakfast. This is all down to Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis. They are in it for the wrong reasons. They don't care about success on the pitch. I'm going to give you some facts, right? Simon Jordan comes on in the afternoon and defends Daniel Levy, his business friend, every afternoon, right? I'm going to give you some facts. Defend this. Daniel Levy's just given himself a pay rise this week. They've just announced they've got a new go-kart track. He furloughed the staff during COVID. He wanted to enter the Super League for money. It's 22 years with one trophy under Daniel Levy. Please get out of our club. You are at our club for the wrong reasons. Daniel Levy, get out of our club. Now, before you respond to any of that about your business friend, yeah. unquote, Daniel Levy, yeah. uh, the same Lee joins us live. Lee, Lee, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming back on. My goodness, you'll be getting your own show next on TalkSport. But um, do, do you suggest to us then that Simon is too cosy uh, in terms of cozying up with Mr Levy? I've, I've spoken to Simon many times about Daniel Levy and not once has he said that 
he's a failed chairman on the pitch. I'm talking on the pitch, not off the pitch. He's successful off the pitch because he's lining him and Joe Lewis with millions of pounds in their pockets, right? But not once has Simon ever thought about how us fans feel. I'm talking on the pitch. I'm talking success. Right? Yeah, but Lee, just before Simon comes in, do you not think you should be parking your tanks on the lawns of the players this morning? 160 million quid's worth of players last night and they couldn't beat Sheffield United, who deserve to win. Who got them players in? Who well, were you, compla- were you complaining when he paid 50 million for Richarlison? Richarlison is, is an average player, yeah? Sanchez, Dyer. The list goes on Davis, Perisic, average, 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 average. We're not going to get success and trophies with average players. Who brings them in? Daniel Levy. And and you suggest that Daniel Levy is Simon's business friend. Here's Simon. Yeah, just an interesting one, Lee. The, I mean, I, I understand your disappointment. I mean, you can't blame Daniel Levy for losing to Sheffield United in the FA Cup. You can hold Daniel to account, and it's the it's a stick you'll endlessly beat him with if you don't win trophies. The irony of it is, is I just wrote a column last week basically suggesting that Daniel needs to do far more than just make this a football club that uh, uh, operates in a certain way off the field. So you're wrong. Now, my history of Daniel is, is a chequered one. Uh, and a very difficult one because Daniel's done things to me with Wayne Routledge and other players that were, made me very unhappy with him. But I can't allow you fans just to have a one-dimensional point of view. I understand that you're very emotive about wanting to win on the pitch. I understand that building stadiums perhaps is incidental to you. But by the, on the flip side of that, you've got no God-given rights to be inside the top four. You're not going to match the spending of nation-state football clubs or football clubs like Man United that are bigger than Tottenham Hotspur and will always be bigger than Tottenham Hotspur. So I'm not entirely sure why you would want to make this all about Daniel Levy rather than the procession of managers that have perhaps stolen defeat from the jaws of victory. Nobody stopped Tottenham from winning the Champions League besides not turning up in the Champions League final. Nobody stopped Tottenham from choking in the season that Leicester won the Premier League, of all due respect to Leicester. So with all those things in mind, whilst I understand that you'll look at Daniel and be, be clearly, he ain't my business friend. He's somebody that I respect certain aspects of what he does and don't respect other aspects. And I wrote an article last week in the Mail saying Tottenham have got to stop being all fur cut and no knickers. So you're wrong. <laughs> what do you want to say to that, Lee? He ain't no, you know, he's a business friend. Certainly Simon knows him. But, I mean, there's, there's no suggestion here of partiality being shown from Simon to Daniel. When you are in charge of a football club, right, let's get it right, Daniel Levy's in charge. Joe Lewis is out on his yacht in the Bahamas playing, counting his money. He's got no interest in the club, Okay, Daniel Levy's in charge. When you are in charge of a football club, the buck stops with you. Right? We've had 15 managers. I think it's 15. I might be wrong. Might be one or two outright. We've gone through 15 managers since he's been there. It's not all of their fault. We've sold really top players, Bow, Walker, Modric, because they've all they've all gone on to win loads of trophies, okay? We've sold but our where have they gone? Players, okay? but, but Lee, where have they they've gone? gone? They haven't gone to smaller football clubs. They've gone to bigger football clubs. What is it you actually expect? You Tottenham fans, some of you, and I'm a, I'm a great admirer of Tottenham Hotspur, it's one of my favourite football clubs, but some of you Tottenham fans are such whiners, I don't know what it is you expect... You've got a side that's competing inside the Premier League, inside the top four. Your performance last night is totally... What an opportunity missed. But that's got nothing to do with Levy. 
That's got to do with the players on the pitch. If you can't beat Sheffield United to get into the quarterfinals in the FA Cup, what in God's name are you all about? Yeah, you no doubt celebrated the fact, Lee, that you got one of the best coaches in the world when Antonio Conte arrived in the scene. Yes, but I love Conte. Yeah, who got him? Yeah. Who's got him and who's ruined the relationship with him? Who, why is the relationship broken down? Why does Conte... Well, why do you assume it's broken down? But why do you assume it's broken down? This time last year, the media were running this, the, the sections of the media, which I pushed back against, against the fact that Antonio Conte was going to be leaving, he wasn't going to be staying. And he did precisely the opposite. Why do you assume that just because the, back, the backdrop is that, um, that Conte's slightly temperamental, why do you assume the relationship is broken down between Daniel Levy and Antonio Conte? Simon, I'll bet you £500 charity bet that, that Conte will leave at the end of the season. But he leaves every football club after a couple of years. So what's that got to do with Daniel Levy? Yeah, and also, Lee, do you think at this stage you will end up where you are at this moment? Top four? We're not, we're not getting top four. You are Two top four. Are, will you stay there? No, we're not. We're not going to finish there, right? Two reasons. One, because we're not good enough. We've got a squad full of average players, apart from one or two, OK? Kane's going to go. Don't blame him. We will always love him. And I hope, sorry, free. And I hope we don't make top four because that's £40 million that Levy won't have in his pocket. OK. Nobody can say, though, Lee, we don't listen to the fans. And I'm sure you'd, you'd vouch for that. Because as soon as we heard you this morning, we thought, yeah, well, let's have a debate about it. And that's exactly what we're doing. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. At the end of the day, there is a football fan who's quite rightly annoyed yeah, that his is. team went out and, the and, FA Cup and last he has, night. And he has every right to be. He has every right to be. There's an irony about it because it, it made me slightly concerned when I was watching the game last night, thinking or uh, looking at the score coming through, thinking, I wonder in my sort of conspiracy theory mind, one of the things I wrote about was one of the things that Harry Kane will achieve more from or gain more from is winning something with the club he's pledged most of his career to. When this notion was being put out he was going to go to the Bundesliga... I was like, well, what, what would a winning a Bundesliga title mean to him if he could stay with Tottenham? Mm. If he got through to the cup final this year and they won the, t- the cup this year and at a c- that stage in his contract, he would have then achieved something, winning something at Tottenham and the ability to have kept him there longer may then become slightly compromised. But that's me in conspiracy theories. That's not Levy last night. That's an yeah. unacceptable yeah. performance from the players. But the fans have a right to say, if you're a big football club... Why aren't we winning things? Exactly. And they've got every right to say that. Exactly. There's a message that's quite significant uh, this uh, Thursday morning. We'll have Daniel and we'll have Joe Lewis as well, says Mike the Evertonian. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Oh boy, I can't thank you enough actually So many messages coming in I know you love Simon Jordan and so do I But terrific, thanks to Lee um, Because without you, without the listeners Without uh, audience participation uh, and involvement The show wouldn't be what it is But without emotion, football wouldn't be what it is Absolutely You can't can't have one way direction of travel and emotion You can't have constant euphoria You're going to have to have the flip side of it and get on with it And Tottenham deserve to be criticised not Levy for the performance yesterday, the players and the management, because that's totally... I mean, no, no disrespect to Sheffield United, but come on now. Yeah. You're in, you're in a significant cup competition. You've got a, a, a championship side that are probably going to get promoted, but notwithstanding a championship side that wouldn't compete with you in the league if they get into the Premier League, and you get knocked out, and it's just not good enough. It's yes. not, and the Spurs yeah. fans should say it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. And Daniel and the, Levy should say to the management team, that's not good enough. And the players, to be honest, Lee, we were just talking in the break there, it's unforgivable from their point of view not not just going out to Sheffield United well done up the blades but the fashion 
in which they went out the FA Cup last night. I have to see, uh, I've got to tell you, Lee, uh, I, I see many messages coming in uh, from your fellow Tottenham fans and not many are going with you this morning. Neil from Hastings, Jim Simon, uh, I'm a Tottenham fan, Lee's off his head. Well, I'm sure he's not, uh, but he doesn't agree with you at all. And there is another message. I do not understand my fellow Tottenham fans like the one I've just heard. I love Daniel Levy and uh, Joe Lewis being in charge. I believe the fans expect too much, but I also feel that Tottenham themselves should communicate better with the supporters so they can try and get their expectations on the right level. To be fair again to Levy, they did that recently. They did yep. begin a two-way yep. street of uh, communication. So, I mean, it, it does I do, happen. I mean, I do, I do think Daniel's got to do slightly more. I do think the idea... In what way? Well, I think there's got to be a balance struck between pushing the envelope and getting yourself to a position where you can really compete. Because the problem for Daniel is he's giving them a vision. They're getting close to it and they can see the vision and then you take it away. Now, it's not him, it's because ultimately to go to the next level, he's got to take a few risks. Yeah. And with an accountant mentality, Daniel's going to necessarily look at the bigger picture because he's going to say, no one's got a God-given right to be in the Premier League. Look at big football clubs that have got relegated. Look at the state of Everton. Look at these people that are going to go into absolute meltdown, and they are on the verge of it. And I'm running a football club that's holding itself together, building wonderful stadiums, competing at the top end of the Premier League. Hold yeah. on just a second. Yeah. But you can't give people a whiff of something I also and think, then take it away. I also think, Simon, there is immense nervousness now. Is there not? amongst Tottenham fans that the North London rivals are going to do this in the Premier League because last night Arsenal won and they won well they would be expected to beat Everton maybe yeah. not by four goals to nil but what the Premier League table shows us this morning that having played the same number of games as Manchester City Arsenal now have a five point lead and we're into March so it's on it's very much on and Mikel Arteta knows that it's about expectations. The lesser games, obviously, you need the, the points that you're going to need to win the league. And just stay focused what you can control, what you have to do. And, and let the rest happen naturally because it's something that nobody else can control. Simon, it, apart from Arteta himself, is, is the key thing that we should all admire at the moment when we stand back and look at Arsenal as their mental resolve. Yeah. They're asked various questions at various times. And each time, they seem to answer those questions. Um, yes. I mean, look, I mean, the the, the uh, recruitment of Arteta came with a risk profile attached to it and it gave me a, a sort of roller coaster ride of, I think he's got the chops, no, I think he's all talk, and now he's got the groove going because he's been given a period of time and also a lot of support. The change in culture from the ownership after the European Super League has been a massive kick on. You know, I made the accusation about Silent Stan that he was running Arsenal like an arm's length subsidiary of his American businesses and all of a sudden... Eck came in after the European Super League and said, the guy that owns Spotify, I'll buy your football club for two to two and a half billion quid. And all of a sudden, Stan starts to wake up and look at it. This is a proper grown-up football club. It's proper business. Maybe I need to look at it a bit differently. Maybe also the fact that I've alienated myself and my fan base with my... Uh, relationship with the European Super League and all of a sudden you've seen a change in direction Josh Kroenke's been put in there he's running the football club on a daily basis with more involvement for the Kroenke's than has been there previously there's more money available Edu's and, doing a phenomenal job the, Edu's grown into his skin and learnt his trade and so has Arteta and all of those things have now combined into a perfect storm now that has to be admired and they're, you know, they've gone through a little bit of a funk where they lost to Everton, which no one expected, but ultimately they got the Sean Dyche bounce and a passionate Goodison crowd and one game they didn't turn up for. They got beaten by Man City with a better side. But with due respect to them, you know, Everton and at home and Aston Villa away and Leicester, that are a strange side at this moment in time, are games that I would expect Arsenal to win, yeah, yeah. even if they weren't pursuing the Premier League. Yeah. 
what I do think now is they're giving themselves more... I mean, after the game against Man City, I looked at it and thought, I think there's a distinct possibility because of this young squad and this young uh, mentality that's pervading the squad that they will win this Premier League, but I think they're going to struggle to win it this year. I still think it's in the balance. I still think think it's 50-50. I think if they go to the Etihad, get beat at the Etihad, they're one draw away from Man City taking over again. But... Man City are in no rich vein of form. Man City aren't the uh, Man City of old. They're still compelling. They're still carrying an imminent threat in Haaland and, and, and De Bruyne. And, of course, Foden back in the mix, operating at a high level. And Mares and God knows what other talent they've got is all available to them. They've got a bigger squad. But I still think it's a 50-50 run-in. But I am, as I said the other day with Martin Keown, it wasn't because he was here. If they win the Premier League, we were talking about stories of the season and who which manager would be the manager of the season. If Arteta wins this Premier League, no one would have seen it. No one would have picked it when they got picked to get into the full spot last year by Spurs. No one would have picked them to have gone into ascendancy the way they have done. And it's remarkable because they aren't... If you look at the, the look at component parts of Arsenal, they mm. do not have a squad on a pound-for-pound, player-for-player basis comparable to Manchester City. Manchester yeah. City have got a better and deeper a more coherent playing squad than Arsenal have got. So it's remarkable what they're achieving. Well, while you're talking to me, they play Bournemouth, Arsenal played Bournemouth, Bournemouth on a Saturday. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, you would think, sorry Bournemouth, but you would think Arsenal will carry on where they left off last night. You would think. Then they don't play Manchester City, this big game we keep on talking about, which many people think will be the crunch until the end of April. So Arsenal have got a very good chance of racking up more points yeah. between now and the end of April, and might how many well games, be it might be close to be job how, done. How, how many games? And I don't know this, but maybe you do because you just looked at the fixtures. Mm. How many games post the Man City fixture have Arsenal and Man City got to play? We'll work that out. We'll work because that if it's, out. Because if it's one and two, you may well be right. It's, it's five, five games. Yeah. See, I still think that's a, a very big difference between you know if they go into it neck and neck with five points clear of Arsenal of Man City Man City beat them at the Etihad which is no assumption that they will but just to say for the point of this conversation they do they're down to two points there's five games they draw one Man City win the next five games Man City win the league on goal difference that's how nip and tuck it's going to be while you're talking to me those five games that Arsenal have got are Chelsea at home yep. Newcastle away yep. Brighton at home yep. Forest away yep. Wolves at home yeah, I mean, the, the last two games you'd expect them to get points out of. Yeah. The first three are going to be challenging. Depends what happens to Newcastle in that mix and depends where Chelsea are because Chelsea are all over the place at the moment. You're time. wavering, though. You're wavering. You said City, 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 have, but now... Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I've, I've, I, you know, I've been folding like a cheap pack of cards <laughs> because I've gone one way and the other because you, you, you're trying to pick the, no, the narrative that you wish to follow and stick with it and then you think, well, actually, there's no point just sticking with it because I said it. I might as well, you know, yeah. if new information comes to hand, I might as well bend and twist with the breeze. <laughs> but the point is, is I still think that there's such a small margin that maybe if... Arsenal get beat by Man City and they, and they go result for result, result for result over, up until the end of May. Result for result, result for result, match one another's results yeah. right? and get to that game and City beat Arsenal. I still think there's a possibility Arsenal can blink. Okay, yeah. I, I, I go with that to some degree. I, I, I just think I Arsenal's name's on it. I'm a Londoner. I know. I, I want the title back in the South. I just I think Arsenal's name's on it. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. On Sunday, Manchester United and not Newcastle United won the Carabao Cup. I was in a suite with the EFL afterwards. All sorts of people were milling around there, not least Newcastle United Saudi chairman Yasser Al Rumayan. And he spoke to me very briefly about the day and the disappointment of the defeat, but the day and the match he just witnessed. It's just amazing. I mean, look at it. 
this is the least we expect, but um, unfortunately, you know, next time it will happen. Anyone should be proud of those amazing fans, really. And are you ready to take the club to the next level? It is. It's gone there. It's gone there. We're already at the next level, said uh, the chairman, Yasser Al-Rumayan. And then he left. And it was Manchester United's day. Now, the Premier League's decision to allow the takeover of Newcastle on the grounds that the uh, Saudi Arabian state would not control the club has been brought into question after the owners told a US court that the public investment fund should be regarded as a foreign state. Now, if you remember, at the time of the takeover in October 2021, the Premier League had decided there was, quote, a corporate difference between PIF and the Saudi state. Now, US court documents filed on behalf of PIF and the chairman, the man you just heard speaking to me, Al Rumayan, in a case brought by Live Golf, states it is a sovereign instrumentality of the kingdom and not ordinary third parties. So it begs a question, should the Newcastle Saudi takeover, Simon, come under scrutiny once again? Uh, The Times chief sports writer is Martin Ziegler and Martin joins us live. Martin, what do you think the significance of these latest developments actually are? Yeah, good morning, uh, Jim. Morning, Simon. Good morning. I think it's it's, uh, something which has certainly um, raised eyebrows with a, a couple of other Premier League clubs I know. Amnesty International have issued a statement saying the Premier League should look at these assurances again that the Saudi state won't control Newcastle United. Uh, I think so. Perhaps a lot depends on on what, what the feeling is. I mean, if the other clubs think that it's, you know, things have moved on and um, and it's going to cause too much um, of an upheaval to to push the Premier League to to look to look at this, but. I mean, I think it does call into question absolutely the the decision because initially the Premier League had argued that the Saudi state was going to be the owner of and run Newcastle. They, the Saudi government uh, or the Saudi Public Investment Fund, they uh, they denied this, and it, it led to a court case between Mike Ashley and the Premier League, which wasn't even settled in the end. The Premier League changed their minds and they accepted these assurances and allowed the takeover to go ahead, but. Yeah, these court documents do spell out fairly clearly that the the PIF is part of the Saudi state. Simon, uh, the US court document, as as Martin says, adds that PIF is a foreign state in legal terms. So if if the Premier League had the decision again to make today as to whether or not the thumbs up should be given to, to the Saudis taking over Newcastle, might it end up being a different decision? No, because there's not a regulation as far as I'm aware, that prohibits a nation-state from buying a football club. This is not. This is nonsense. It's always been nonsense. It's always been, don't look over here, look over there. The very simple thing was, the reasons why they wanted some sort of wall put up between the state, the nation-state purchases, the PIF is a sovereign wealth fund with its sole function in life, enhancing the wealth of KSA. That's what it's there for. That's its whole purpose the, in life. The, the Saudi Mohammed, government. Mohammed bin Salman is, sits on top of it. It is a matter of fact. It is laughable and contemptible that anyone suggests anything different. Now, the bottom line is, is the only reason there was a problem with this takeover was because of piracy in Saudi Arabia. And the Premier League were pushing back repeatedly and endlessly about the piracy issue. The moment the Saudi state copped to the piracy being done on their shores and agreed some form of reparations to BN, 
The issue went away and then they put up this notion because of the human rights issues and the political landscape and the damage to the brand of some sort of wall between PIF and some ridiculous assurances. Everybody knows with half a brain that the nation state is, is, is owning Newcastle through a vehicle that is a sovereign wealth fund solely for the benefit of that nation state. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Back with Spencer here. We are talking boxing, and Spencer, as as said at the top of the hour, uh, you are bringing us some of the top guests uh, this hour, and you're doing just that because I'm delighted to say, I think, as far as I gather, broadcasting from his mum's house on the outskirts of Edinburgh, we find Josh Taylor, WBO and Ring Magazine light welterweight world champion, Mr. Taylor. Good afternoon to you. How are you doing? You okay? We are indeed, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. Simon's with me alongside Spencer. Josh, here's the thing. In the normal course of events, we'd have been less than a week away from you going back in against Jack Catterall. That hasn't happened. Um, now it, it appears that you're going to be fighting maybe in New York, maybe in June, maybe against uh, Teofimo Lopez. What happened yeah. with the Catterall situation? Well, first and foremost, um, I got the injury, um, tore the tendon in my plantar fascia uh, foot. So I've told it, completely tore the, the tendon away from the bone and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite a nasty injury. Um, so obviously, I, I couldn't really, I couldn't fight um, on Saturday. You know, I'm still, I'm still sort of limping about and not training yet. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty significant injury. So yeah, we had to pull out the fight or postpone it. The rest is down to Ben Shalom, really, not getting the not getting the fight rescheduled. He went away and got Jack a fight in the 25th of March. And then the week after that, or the two weeks after that, I then gets an email from the WBO saying that I'm being mandated to fight uh, Teofimo Lopez. So 
Yeah, here we are. I'm well, to keep... just before just before Spencer comes in, Cathal's got his own view of what's going on behind the scenes. Listen to this, Josh. Smith Eubank fight. The Friday he pulls out, and then in the the week following, it was already plans to fight Lopez. So since the two pullouts, and I'm not fighting at 140. I've vacated all these belts. Now he's got the WBO. Now our fight. I believe, in my opinion, warrants a rematch without a world title fight. You've just seen a, a massive fight in uh, Smith Eubank with no world title on the line. If he's that confident of beating me, fight me with no title and move up to 147. But obviously, that's not the case. And I think I've said it to Jamie and Nigel in the gym a few times. I've, I've lost total confidence of, of seeing Josh back in the ring. Injury after injury, new coaches, can't seem to get it right. We filmed the gloves are off. He looked, he looked drawn at the weight, probably overtraining. And it just doesn't fill me with great confidence now waiting for Josh uh, to be ready. Cathro says you don't want to go back in with him, Josh. Oh, really? It's ridiculous, man. He's, I mean, the guy, the guy's not the fizziest juice in the fridge, is he? He's, uh, he's not very intelligent, Jack. First of all, I don't know why he wants me. He always, always seems, me, seems to want to fight me when I'm not at my best for some reason. You know, you can't help get an injury. So I don't know why he wants me to fight on an injury. He knows when I'm at my best, he won't be able to beat me. So... Jo- yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's it's completely absurd that I don't want to fight the guy. I vacated the belts. I stayed out of the way and vacated all my belts to fight him. I left with the WBO and I thought, right, let's go. And then I, then I get an injury. You can't help getting injured. And but, then, but Josh, I'm going to pick you up on this and you're not going to like it. right? But he did fight you when you're at your best. And in my view, and a lot of people's view, he beat you. And, well, what, I, people, well, I, and what people yeah. want to see, Josh is they want to see you fight him. Now, we all understand you gave up three belts, right, to make the fight happen. It's been a year since you guys went in the ring, and a year is a long time in the lifetime of a fighter. He can't wait for you. He's got to get out again. So it's all well and good you pointing the finger at Ben, but you've now got to take the mandatory for TFM Lopez. That's fine. But what people want to understand is once you've dealt with that fight, and it comes as an outcome which we expect you to be able to achieve, which is Josh Taylor wins, mm-hmm. are you going to then fight unequivocally Jack Cattrall? That's the plans. That's always been the plans, isn't it? The plan was to fight Jack, obviously, this Saturday, but I can't have pulled out so with the fight, with the injury. So then the WBO come in and says, right, you've got to fight the mandatory. So I'm like, right, OK, well, if I'm staying at the weight, I'm the one to lose all my titles. I'm still the king of the division. I'm still the guy to beat at the division. No one's beat me yet. Josh, can, is- I, can I just ask you something? Do you get fed up going everywhere, probably as you have done since the Catrol fight, and you constantly hear comments like, do you think Catrol beat you that night? Come on, be honest with us. Do you not think Cattrall should have been given the nod that night? Do you not think Cattrall got the better of it? Do you get fed up with it? No, really, because I don't really get it in person. It's on online. I get it on Twitter, but mm. in person, I don't really get it. I don't really get it online. It's been fine since the fight. So mm. yeah, everyone's, everyone's been okay to be honest. It's just only it's only on Twitter where people mouthy aren't they behind their profile. <laughs> Yeah, but you're getting it now. But you're getting it now, Josh. I, mean, I was a I was a major campaigner for yours. I didn't think you got the media publicity. Well, I'll say it to you when I see you then. Um, but we it got the, you got we got major support for you from us when you weren't getting the publicity you should have got when you beat Regis Pogras. Yeah, and you weren't getting promoted, and the boxing world wasn't picking you up, and that was wrong. And I was a major advocate for you for being the pound for pound best champion around. I do think you lost that fight. I do think you went into that fight and underrated him. And I do think you went in there with a great amount of arrogance and gave him no respect whatsoever. And I understand why, as a boxer, why you possibly shouldn't give him any respects. And I didn't particularly like your reaction after the fight because I didn't think you gave him any credit. And if he's a lesser fighter than Tiafimo Lopez, which you may be right on, I do hope that you go and correct what is in people's minds like myself because I had you to be a standout Hall of Famer. 
and I want you to go and write that wrong, like mm-hmm. Carl Froch did it with George Groves, and people went, hang on a second here, mm. that's an early stoppage. Everyone, and most people are, not just mouthy people on Twitter, a lot of people have got a set of balls that will say it to you, say, mm, nah, I don't know about that, Josh. Maybe Andre Ward won't, but a lot of people will. Mm. So I want you to go in there and straighten that one out properly, and I hope you're going to do it. Well, how many times do I need to say it to you? I've already said it to you three times in this interview that I'm going Good. to fight him again. Yeah, but what you guys bit. say, Josh, and what you guys do are two different things. I want to make sure that we get this in an unequivocal position, that you deal with Tiafama Lopez in the next two or three months when you're fit, and that you're going to fight Jack Catchell this year so everyone can get this situation resolved properly, and then you never have to listen to it again, do you? How many times do I have to say it then? That's the Good. Fourth time. Fantastic. So sometime this year, you're likely to fight Jack Catchell, yes? At some point, but listen, it's not about Jack Carter at the minute, is it? It's about Teofimo Lopez. So if I don't if I don't beat Teofimo Lopez, who in my opinion is a better fighter than Jack Carroll, True. then mm-hmm. the fight is big. So Fair enough. I'm thinking about Jack Carroll when I've got a bigger fight in front of me. I'll tell but, the fight in front of me. But you think you can beat Teofimo Lopez, don't you? Yeah, and I will beat him. Good. And then I'll be back so at some back. point we'll have the conversation, because we now know in this conversation, <laughs> Josh, that you're going to fight both of them. Have the last word, Josh. On you go. How many times have I said, I will fight him again. Good. I just can't. Got it. <laughs> said it in about 20 different interviews. Got it. Good. We've all got it now. We've all heard it. It's indelible. And you've said it And you've said it in your mum's kitchen, so it's got to happen now. <laughs> Josh Taylor, thank you. Joining us from the outskirts of Edinburgh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.